Вы смотрите слишком много фильмов. Welcome to You Should Watch This Documentary. A podcast about documentaries. Obviously. With your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Jess McDonald. We're recording. Yay! How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Welcome to You Should Watch This Documentary. How's it going, Jess? Pretty great. How are you? I am fantastic. Wonderful. What have you been up to since we recorded last? It's uh, been a while yeah, since I've seen you. Yeah, I went to Arizona with my mom because she's been here for two weeks. She's in the room, too, but yes. we're not supposed to mention that. <laughs> but she is. Yeah, she totally is. Very weird. No, it's fine. <laughs> It's fine. We have people in the room all the time. What did you what what did you do in Arizona? Uh we hiked in the desert and the bees were really scary. Um That's what bees do. Yeah, I didn't like that. Uh but my mom and my grandfather were fine with it. Um and mm. we went on a trail ride which was fun because it was a trail ride with my mom, but it was otherwise a disaster. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, horses? You're yeah. on horses? Yeah. I don't know what else I thought you'd be on. Donkeys. Camels? You on camels? No. In Arizona? No, no, no. There were camels. Oh yeah, in you Arizona. told me about the horses. Yeah. It was Sounded like chaos. Yeah, I mean, just riding horses sounds like chaos <laughs> to me. But it sounds like it was a particularly chaotic yeah. horse riding moment. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I was going to describe that. But it was. It was chaotic. It was a nightmare. Uh, but it was fun because the horse was nice and my, my mom was there. So I liked that part. And it was pretty. It was just really yeah. hard. <laughs> Had you been to Arizona before? Yeah, because my, my grandparents lived there more than half time. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you go to the Grand... Have you been to the Grand Canyon? Uh, I went on when I was driving out to California last oh, summer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've still never been. You should. It's scary, though. Should I? Because uh, I feel like I can also just look at it <laughs> on the internet and be less dusty and hot. True. And, and less in Arizona, <laughs> which that's yeah, important, too. Yeah. And the, the tourists at the Grand Canyon are really scary because they climb up on things and you just wait for them to either fall on you and kill you or for them to fall to their death in front of you. And oh. I didn't really care for that. Yeah. I know which one I'd be pulling for because <laughs> I have never seen someone fall to their death. <laughs> so uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about Heroin Town. Heroin Town. Yay. That is your... It's your hometown, right? I lived in the neighboring town for most of my life, but then for the past six years, I lived in Willimantic. All right. Yeah, it's a great place. No. It seems like it. Yeah, no. There's <laughs> a, uh, we told people we were doing this documentary at the end of last episode, so hopefully a few people watched. We also said to watch the accompanying 60 Minutes documentary, which as it turns out has been scrubbed from the <laughs> internet. Like it's goddamn evidence of alien life on other planets. It might be. <laughs> it is impossible to find. There's almost like, when I really got into researching this, I started to wonder if Willimantic even existed at all. <laughs> because there's kind of just this story, which popped up around the early 2000s. And then I started following up, and there's one article from 2004 and then nothing about what happened to this hotel. It's closed. Yeah, it is closed. But and there's like there was no fanfare around it. No, no one was like, it's finally closed. It just like died. <laughs> well, it's because they were the whole town clearly was embarrassed about all of it and didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, for good reason. <laughs> yeah. So to give everyone some background, uh Heroin Town, it's about Willimantic, Connecticut which is population like 15, 16,000, yeah, at least at the time of this documentary it it's was. still about that. Yeah. And in October 2002, the Hartford Current ran five articles in five days about, to paraphrase, what a heroin-riddled shithole Willimantic <laughs> had become. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and someone at 60 Minutes read these articles and was like, get Dan Rather there pronto. <laughs> So Dan swoops into town and does this 60-minute segment about how terrifying Willimantic is in terms of heroin. Lots of heroin. Lots and lots and lots of it. And they really focus on a place called the Hotel Hooker. <laughs> they should have changed that. <laughs> yeah, they should have at some point. Yeah. Because it's just named after a dude, like some 19th century businessman that no one gives a shit about. Yeah. 
Or at least like make it his full name. Don't just leave it just yeah. Hooker. Like especially when Hooker started living there. But like, his first name was Seth. Yeah. So if you call it the Seth Hooker Hotel, people are just gonna call it the Meth Hooker Hotel. <laughs> That wouldn't fix it whatsoever. No. It'd probably make it worse. Yeah, probably. But he doesn't own it now, obviously. <laughs> He's super duper dead. <laughs> and a woman uh, sometime, I, I forget when, but sometime around like the 30s or 40s, I think, took it over. might have been earlier than that. Didn't change the name. Nope. <laughs> Just uh, kept it uh, the Hooker Hotel, which you're asking for it. <laughs> you're really asking for your hotel to turn into the Hooker Hotel. Yes, yeah. If you let it be named that. But uh, they did, and eventually it, it devolved into what CBS covered on 60 Minutes. And the Heroin Town documentary is about that. It, it's kind of a response to the CBS documentary. Yes, yeah. And it is one of the most poorly executed sales pitches <laughs> I have ever ever seen it was really really bad yeah yeah it's uh let's th just to to go through some of the the details from the articles because we couldn't find the documentary but i i read through some of the articles they describe willimantic as like a really kind of idyllic looking small town right which I don't know. I've never been to Connecticut, but I lived in upstate New York for a while, and I know small doesn't always mean pretty. No. Like, sometimes it just means small, and there's not a lot of people there. That's, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like they, right away, were trying to really set, like, a backdrop of this being a really perfect town that just happens to have a huge heroin <laughs> epidemic, yeah. which... Probably not. That's not usually how that works. No, usually like a nice small town is just a nice small town and it's not also riddled yeah. with heroin. Yeah, yeah. So they, they uh, all right, right, right away in the article, this comes up early on in the documentary too. They mention that there's a river and there's a bridge running over this river <laughs> and that there's huge frogs on the bridge, like bronze frog statues on the bridge. Uh, the article never says why. It just says it's part of local folklore. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. And they don't, they don't touch on it at all. And then in the documentary, one of the first things that, that comes up is we have this bridge with the frogs. And uh, they're like, isn't that cool? And then they move on and they never explain the frogs. And me and you have gone back and forth as to whether I really... Like, I feel like at this point, why should anyone tell me? Like, if they're not going <laughs> to, like, why should, why should it be anyone's responsibility to explain the frogs? But I, I changed my, I want to know. You do want to know? I, I want to know what's, what's with the, the damn frogs. It's, there, there was some, like. Is that, do they sell the heroin? <laughs> I mean, that would oh. be really kitschy. Like, that'd be kind of cute. I'm going to write that movie. <laughs> uh, no, but it was, it was something to do with, there was a giant, like, it was just that there was a plague of frogs. And that, like, that's really. Oh, is what that all? Is. Yeah, like when it was like still like a little like more farm town area, it was just like they kept hearing these crazy sounds at night, and it turns out that it was a plague of frogs in the area, like that. And they just thought that was cool. I guess I don't. I don't know. It's crazy the kind of things small towns hold on to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as a source of pride, like the Mothman. Like that's a myth that came out of one small town in West Virginia. And, like, the myth kind of involves him destroying one of their bridges and killing <laughs> dozens of people. And there's a Mothman festival every year. Yeah, I don't know why they celebrate that. That doesn't sound like a good thing. Maybe Neither to keep him from destroying any more bridges, I guess. Yeah, may maybe. <laughs> the Frogman, maybe the Frogman and the Mothman work together <laughs> to destroy bridges. And keep heroin great. And now, <laughs> heroin's always been pretty great. <laughs> I think it's only gotten better oh. <laughs> over the years. Presumably, I've never done it. No, no. But yeah, heroin's the one drug I'm super duper scared of. Oh, it's good. Because just hearing people describe it, it's like, mm, that sounds pretty great. <laughs> that does sound all right. <laughs> but then everything after it sounds terrible. Terrifying. Yeah, like horrible. Like you write one great album and then your life is ruined <laughs> after that. But is that album worth it? it I mean, for the probably not. For the listeners, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your sacrifice, Kurt Cobain. <laughs> so one of the things the article touches on is how heroin arrived in Willimantic. And uh, it seems to be one of the things that bothered me about not just the article, but the documentary. The consensus seems to be when the brown people showed up. Yeah, so like that heroin. old man in the beginning who like that's exactly what he said. He was just like those foreigners. That's the problem here. Yeah, It's like, 
oh. Yeah. And then the which, documentary doesn't show a single person of color yeah, for the not, whole thing. There's one black girl. She's a kid, and she looks dumbfounded by her surroundings. <laughs> yeah. And yep. it's all white people otherwise. Yep. And they're like, these dirty Mexicans. It's like, no, Puerto Rico, sir. Not, <laughs> not the same thing. Not, not Mexicans. All. Not even. Nope. Some people seem to really trace it to that, though. And one of the things that stood out from the articles, which this is what makes me most skeptical about the documentary and their claims that uh, the heroin problem isn't quite as bad. In 2000, which is around the time this documentary was filmed, Willimantic had 45 heroin deaths. Nearby Bristol, population 60,137, had one. Yeah. New Britain had 10. Norwich had two. It's like, you have a problem. <laughs> Fucking admit it. Yeah. Like, if it, if it, even if it was three as opposed to the other towns, one, like, yeah. it would still be like, that's a problem. But 45? Yeah. 45. Yeah. If there were three, I'd have been like, wow, there's heroin there? That's crazy. <laughs> it's such a small town. Right. But 45, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a big chunk of your population to be dying from heroin. Yes. Every year. Like, if anything killed 45 people... In a town of 15,000. It'd be called an epidemic. Yeah, you'd be like, holy shit, what was that? Yeah. That's that's alarming. But uh, so, so Heroin Town, the documentary is, like I said, about kind of combating this uh, image that 60 Minutes and these Hartford Current articles put out. And boy, does it do a poor job. Yeah, really. It, yeah. They really focus on the wrong people because like you said it uh, one of the first people they talked to is the old guy lou rosebricks lou rosebrooks who uh super duper racist yeah, it seems yeah oh definitely like, he he uh <laughs> his quote was the spanish people i think they've lowered the respect and everything else about this town he also said i was told if you go down to san juan which right away <laughs> which is it are we talking spanish people or are we talking puerto rico like clarify Lou he says I was told if you go down to San Juan there's a sign that says if you want quick welfare go to Willimantic highly suspect <laughs> High, I very highly doubt that's the case yeah not at all but uh... but the filmmaker never questions it no not even a little bit he's just like yeah this is fine you're yeah, probably that's, right that's the first thing I took issue with is he just presents that like yeah man it's not that it's a bad town just got too many Mexicans from Spain <laughs> Coming through San Juan and getting all our welfare and right. making us do heroin. How could he not correct that in any way, shape, or form? Yeah. He like entered that into fact. <laughs> like he was testifying. Here you go. This old man says how it is. Uh... So that was that was a problem. And then he spends all this time talking about what a shithole the town is and then ends his interview by saying Dan Rather was wrong for making the town look bad. Like, you just made the town look bad. <laughs> yes. Like, every word everyone says makes this place look horrible. <laughs> and then they're like, Dan Rather's wrong for pointing it out. No, nope, not really. No. It's what news people do. Because if it looks bad, that's just, it looks bad. That's what it is. So is it still bad? Yeah, it's gotten better. Um, they re like revitalized the, the like downtown strip with all like nice stores and stuff, and it looks better right there. But then if you like pan over just a little bit, there's like uh, Veterans Park, which is just full of people on heroin all the time, and they just like yeah. lay out in the park the whole time. So it's like, has it really gotten better? Probably not. No. Yeah. And they made a, a giant arrest of uh, drug dealers. I think it was two years ago. I think they arrested it like 20 something people or maybe or it was either it was around 20 something drug dealers were arrested in one summer like all like right in a row so that's insane yeah because i i grew up where i grew up wasn't big but it wasn't a small town i mean there were like a hundred thousand people so there were people there and i wouldn't have known where to get heroin yeah and like every small town person i know like has a heroin hookup and i'm like how like, how do all these small towns have all these drugs? I don't, I don't know, but they do. They, they really, really do. do. Yeah, they really do. And uh, so, so let's let's go through more of the the documentary. <laughs> we we meet with Lou Rose Brooks first. The next person they introduce is Fred Shapiro, who is a pastor. Don't like the way his mouth moves when he talks. <laughs> nope. It like goes side to side I instead don't like of the way up he and sings down. Either. No, no. Everything. I I want. 
I want a documentary on that guy because <laughs> I want to know what brought him to Willimantic. Because they try to bring like like they ask, and he's just like they needed a guy. I'm like, okay, like what crime did they cover up by <laughs> shuffling you around to a new church? You fucking creep. Well, maybe he's bringing heroin in. He could. That was my other thought. Was like, are all these people just selling heroin? <laughs> and they're just like, and they don't want the hotel to shut down because they're selling heroin there. It's. Because if so, this is now my favorite documentary of all time. <laughs> a ragtag group of drug dealers try to make a documentary about how their drug dent isn't that bad. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. There's there's almost a Chevy Chase movie about that, <laughs> but not quite. So yeah, Fred they introduce, and then they introduce Tony, who again, poor casting choice. Yeah. Tony looks like Iggy Pop in the mid-70s. Really embracing that heroin lifestyle. Yeah. And even the way she talked about it was just like, really? Yeah, the the literal first scene of the documentary is her talking about seeing Matt Damon in a movie and about how he had a really great vein running up his arm. Like, like damn, that is way far gone. Yeah. I, I don't I can't I don't know she I just can't left put no words ro- yeah. into that. she left no room for hope either and like her like second little like or her first interview thing what was it that she uh, did is it in the notes oh yeah 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 when she like everything she would say she was like uh, well you know I know I can overcome this but actually I don't think I can overcome <laughs> this like everything she said was like mm, yeah you know I've I don't have that much experience with drugs, but I am addicted to heroin. It's like she offered, you're right, zero, z- no light at the end of the Yeah, tunnel. no, and she's just like, I, I think I, the best I could hope for is that I could get a little bit ahead of my addiction for <laughs> <Yeah>. a while. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. No problem here. <laughs> okay. You are, yeah, and that's the second person, or third person they introduce <laughs> is, is Tony. But... Before they get way into introducing the residents, let's talk about the songs. Oh. There's so many songs in this documentary about how great a place Willimantic is, and all I could think is no great place needs that many songs to <laughs> convince people. Like, Anthony Kiedis sings about California all the time, and people are like, we get it! We know, California's great! But I feel like these songs have like an air of desperation to them. Like, no, come on, believe us. Yeah, it's and they're like little like kids folk songs too. Like they they just sound like they they belong in a preschool. This is the first one. This is apparently at a a fair or a festival of some part that happens in town. Third Thursday. Third Thursday. Damn you, sixty minutes! How <laughs> dare you! This uh, this is a really we're gonna watch a bunch of stuff from this, but uh, what I love about this song is he repeatedly says, "There's a lot of reasons we love Willimantic," and never lists a <laughs> single one. He's yep. Maybe it's because the video is supposed to be showing us why it's great. I, I don't know. Yeah, and what they're showing us is that it's uh, safe one day out of the month. Yeah. They clear the they clear the heroin addicts out the third Thursday of every month so you can rock in Willamanta. <laughs> Otherwise, steer clear. Ooh. Uh, and the song is the worst. Yeah. It's like it's like a like a dire straits kind of thing. Yeah. You know dire straits? <laughs> sure. You love Dire Straits, right? <laughs> My, I Mark think, Knopfler? Eh, Jess? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, look him up. He thinks he's making a uh, Dire Straits song right now. But is this the, the, the pastor singing too, or is it just only no, him singing? No, we'll, we'll get to the pastor singing. Okay. Because it's like, dude, we've heard your speaking voice. You do not sing like that. That's, that's coming in a second. We'll get to that guy. Yeah, this... Uh, this is this song plays. This is the first of many songs that play uh, all about how Dan Rather and 60 Minutes are wrong about this town, and then never says why. Which this guy blowing up the balloons looks like a super duper creep. <laughs> this kid is clearly terrified of the frog. His mom's pushing him toward the frog. Just gonna, like, 
get by the frog. <laughs> the frog is your friend. <laughs> you know what they'll do if you don't yeah. stand by it. <laughs> it's the place we like to work and play. Uh, we just missed it. That was the line where he goes, there's lots of good things about Willimantic I could say. It's our favorite place to work and play. So what are those people Anything else? <laughs> That's it? That's all you got for us? No, yeah, they just like to work and do their heroin. I think that's what he was saying. And then uh, we're we're now we're we're seeing a group of kids dancing to the Willimantic anthem. And uh, what they're gonna do next here is uh, let this kid, the, the this group of kids, tell us why everyone's wrong about their town. Which they sound so coached. They sound coached. One of them sounds like... Oh, no, here we go. This is this is the pastor singing. Now, uh, we heard this guy talk. And here comes his singing voice. No. No. <laughs> no. You don't sound like that. You are the worst type of blues musician ever. And now here are the kids. Just to, to set the scene, uh, there's like a young Mariah Carey here. There's a girl who looks like Dave Grohl who's not saying a word. And look, I just don't believe what these kids are saying. I don't think they believe it either. None of them are smiling. Like... No, it's a horrible town because you have a raging heroin epidemic, young lady. I blame 60 Minutes. I blame heroin. Exaggerated the whole drug problem. Exaggerated the whole drug Only 40 or 50 people died. You know how many people die in L.A. from heroin? There's 3 million people there, son. Not, a, not an apt comparison. Probably also like 45. This is great. <laughs> She's my favorite. <laughs> and now here's the 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 pastor is back, and I have a lot of issues with this song. This is him improvising a song about Dan Rather. Yeah, he's mocking the way he talks by scatting. By scatting in the exact same way he was trying to entertain us earlier, <laughs> and he's just horribly misquoting Dan Rather. <laughs> yes. No, he didn't. <laughs> he did Dan not, Rather nope. didn't say that once. <laughs> and I haven't even seen it, and I know. <laughs> I know at no point did Dan Rather go, <laughs> As great as that would have been. What if Dan Rather just went nuts the last six months of his career? And just There's starts- just all these tapes of him scatting the news. <laughs> Maybe this guy knows something we don't. He, uh... He's staying in Willimantic for a reason. I wonder if he's still there. I bet he is. Who, the, I think the they, pastor? Yeah, yeah he they, is. They tell us at the end, don't they? He's still there, yeah. Yeah. So so that that's that's kind of the opening. They give you the background of what the town uh, was portrayed as on 60 Minutes, and then they, they give you a, a quick rundown of the local attractions and all the fun things to do Which in are... Willimantic. Listen to your local pastor, Scat, <laughs> at a chili cook-off. <laughs> Or whatever that well, was. Well, Thursday is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm, I imagine it is. Yeah, like, it's just like a little mini festival that pops up once a month. Like it's that that part's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's always cool when places do stuff like that. Yeah, but still. But still, yeah, but still. <laughs> so they okay. There's one more one thing that bothered me. You said you know the person who made this. I added him on Facebook after watching this the first time. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know him personally, but he he responded and became my friend on Facebook. I don't even know why I did it. I think I was trolling him, to be honest. Uh, I mean, who knows? <laughs> uh, does he seem like a pretty good dude? He makes, does he made any more movies? He makes horror movies now. Does he? We can go through his page after if you want to. <laughs> we could go through it right now. What's his name? <laughs> uh, was it Josh Goldblum? That shouldn't be hard to find. Yeah. Uh, because the the thing one of the things that really stood out about this Yep, yeah, it's that that up at the top. Oh, up at the top. Yep. Because one of the things that really stood out to me, and look, I get that we're filming this right now and the production <laughs> techniques aren't uh, 
especially high. This was hard to watch from a technical standpoint. It was so painful. Everything was blurry. Like they would zoom in on a picture and you would never see it. It would take forever to focus. <laughs> yeah. And then the payoff would be nothing. It would just be a <laughs> picture like there'd be so much anticipation waiting for it to finally focus and then it's just like oh it's that dude 15 years ago thanks you could have put that in the opening credits yeah there was a lot of that the lighting the lighting was so bad especially in the hotel like like you couldn't see anything every level of that hotel looked like the basement (laughs) it's four floors of basement yeah it's It's so terrifying it's dark it's dingy like it it, i would never want to go in there i would i would stay at the shining hotel (laughs) for a year before i would spend a night at the hotel hooker at least the one in the shining has good lighting that's true. You That's can true. see what's coming to kill you. Yeah, exactly. The interior shots, they get to those when they start interviewing all the different, oh yeah, this guy does do horror movies. Yeah. Hmm. Now I want to watch one just to see what the lighting's like. I hope they're better. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, this was kind of a, as far as horror movies go, this was <laughs> It was up pretty, there. Yeah. Like if if your intent was to sell Willamantic as a place to move, this was a horror movie. The result... <laughs> was a horror movie. But yeah, they start showing the rooms and whatnot when they get into introducing all the different residents. Uh, the first one they introduce is Mike Helmer, who looks like uh, Captain Lou Albano of world wrestling entertainment fame. And his story makes sense. Like He kind of breaks down the financials of why he yeah. has to be there. And there's a lot of that in this part where people are explaining like, hey, this is what my money's like. You know, We need a place like this. And it's like, yeah, but you also don't have to just openly sell heroin. Right, there. yeah. That's like those are two those things kinda have to be mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah. And but the but also the rent I paid the same amount that they were paying for an actual like apartment that was nice. Yeah. Like I was uh, for it was a three bedroom and each of us were paying four twenty five. So we actually were paying less than they were because they were paying five hundred for those little shitholes. Yeah. They they talked to one of the other other people they introduced is a guy named Pat Kelly, who's just the fucking best. Yes, I like He's Pat. Exactly what I picture again, like wrestlers in the eighties were like <laughs> behind the scenes. Just like flamboyantly gay, uh drug addled, down on his luck but can suplex a motherfucker like nobody's <laughs> business. And uh, I love his opening quote. He says, I'm 34 years old. I'm gay. It's kind of a rough lifestyle to live. Like Just being 34 and gay <laughs> is a rough lifestyle to live? Like, what else? I feel like there's something else going on in your lifestyle that makes it rough. Maybe the heroin. Maybe it's Maybe. the heroin. Maybe it's the heroin, Pat. He's got another really great quote. He goes, I try to help out anybody I can, you know. I don't go out of my way to help people, but if I have a friend who needs help, I help him. <laughs> good job, Pat. You sold me. Seemed like a really good dude. Uh, they introduced Cheryl Hauser, who is the cleaning lady. She has a cat that I feel terrible for. <laughs> that cat should not have to live there. No. It didn't deserve that. Unless it gets to run all throughout the hotel, in which case... I still feel terrible for it. I almost feel worse. Yeah, do you want yeah. it running on needles? Like, I don't think that's a yeah. good idea. Cat has AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking, kitty. You're a good kitty. Uh, they introduce a, gar- a girl named Jerika Gavitt. Who... Oh, is she? The, the, she's the younger girl, right? Yeah. Oh, she's rough. They she introduce rough. her as like the example of how there's. Hey, not everyone here is a heroin addict. Some of us are just normal. She is the most unsettling person in the documentary. <laughs> like I would, I would invite any of the heroin addicts into my home before this nutcase. Yeah. Like there's that part where she goes, uh, and I practice a religion. You'll never guess what it is, Jehovah's Witness. And I'm like, I feel like I might have guessed that. You gave me a minute or two. Like you, that, I could have seen that coming. If she said Islam, I would have been surprised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am a practicing Muslim. She stops and prays to the East during the documentary. Did not see that coming. Wow. It'd make it better, actually, though. Yeah, it would, because she just sounds like an asshole. Yeah, she's terrible the whole time. I and. Just- and she like she's kind of playing into the stereotypes about the building by saying stuff like, I don't like being characterized as a drug addict just because I live here. Well, by saying that, you're kind of implying that most of the people there are drug addicts. <laughs> right, right. And maybe that's why they're lumping you in. <laughs> and 
And when she was talking about what was it like how moms will be walking by with their kids and they'll go to the other side of the street when I'm standing outside. It's like, I would too. Yeah. Like, I'm not having my kids walk past a hotel hooker. Like that's just not Yeah, she's probably got do. a bunch of Jehovah's Witness literature in her hands. <laughs> like I would cross the street too. That's could have something to do with it. Maybe that's that's the one case where it's not the heroin. But everyone, one thing, everyone who's interviewed in this documentary, with the exception of uh, what's the what's the council or the selectman's name? Isn't it Mike something? Mike Paulus. Yes. Mike He's the Paulus. enemy here. Right. Because it's his job to clean this place up. So now everyone's mad at Mike Paulus. Because he's going to clean the place up. Because he, yeah. Right. And it, the interviews with him, like, they're, they're, like they, they bring up the heroin dealing and this the guy interviewing him is like well what are they supposed to do about that you can do you can do things about that that's what he's trying to figure like you can, out you can arrest you can arrest people yes you can do all sorts of things yes like there's i don't and, and he even says that he's like well there's things people can do and this guy <laughs> interviewing is just like eh, i don't know <laughs> i don't think so we've had the heroin so long <laughs> if there was something we can do it'd be gone by now <laughs> it's because nobody tried yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they cover that in the articles about how the police were just kind of like, no, we got other things to worry about. Yeah, and then they like stopped send, they stopped sending somebody to go learn from the state how to handle the heroin. Right. And then they just like cut back on the funding of the police officers. So like they were just like slowly making it worse. Yeah. Almost on purpose. Like, this documentary really does make me feel like a lot of people behind it were selling heroin. Yeah, yeah. And just didn't want that crackdown to happen. Yeah, everybody except for the council member. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so after they, they, we meet all those residents, and then they introduce us to a really special, special guy named Chicky. He gets a Chicky gets his own segment. Meet Chicky. <laughs> And Chicky, I don't know what the point of Chicky's segment was. Was it supposed to make me feel better about maybe living at the Hotel Hooker? Because he's fun-loving and has nunchucks? Uh, they cut to Chicky doing martial arts tricks in the hallway in complete silence. The dude's like, hey, Chicky, where'd you learn to do that? Just keeps flinging the fucking nunchucks around. Doesn't say a word. And me and you kind of differed on this. You were expecting him to have like a really criminal mastermind kind of voice. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be deeper at least. Because he's this huge dude with a beard and like long flowing hair and he's swinging the nunchucks around. And I was like, he's going to have a Walt Jr. voice. I know it. <laughs> and sure enough, they finally, when they get him to talk, he's like, I've done this for years. <laughs> and then they take him in his room and he's got hubcaps all over the walls. Which like, I don't think you're supposed to have those. But like, yeah, are those... Mementos? Like, are those the women he killed? <laughs> oh, no. like probably. These are the cars I got. All right, I'm gonna stop doing Chicky's voice. But uh, Chicky does a thing where they're in the room and he uses the nunchucks to knock some of the uh, the, the the hubcaps off yeah, the wall. Yeah, why was like he? A, not, he was just like hits it. Why did yeah, he do that? While smoking. <laughs> yeah. Which you're my guy, Chicky. <laughs> that I can get behind. And it's it's such a weird segment. They just like. I don't know if he was using that as because this this documentary like contradicts itself at every point. Yeah. Like there's this whole segment about we're just normal people living here and then Chicky doing karate <laughs> in the hallway. It's like which is it? Because it can't be both. Yeah. Which not to jump ahead, but fuck the new owners at the end for not giving Chicky the security job. Because <laughs> they do that thing at the end where they s update you on everyone. Yeah. And Chicky supplied for, uh, applied for the security job and didn't get it. Which that's not Bullshit. Fair. Yeah. He, I mean, he knows how to use nunchucks and he's huge. Like, let him do it. If you just put Chicky in front doing <laughs> nunchuck tricks, criminals are going to stay away. <laughs> that is a house of martial arts. You don't fuck around. Yep. True. Oh, Chicky. Poor Chicky. And yeah, that's when we that's when we start to see the rooms when they go back and start introducing us to the residents. And I don't know if they were trying to show us that hey, it's not so bad, right? They're terrible. It's, bad. it's very bad. Really bad rooms. It's very bad. Yeah. Like if we saw that Syrian refugees were living there right now, we'd be like, "Look at how the government treats these fucking people." But this document like in I'm torn on whether that's a good thing or not, whether they're just so... Because that pastor gives a speech at the end that blows my mind. 
about which we'll we'll play it at the end, but it's basically like, hey, just learn to accept your surroundings. No, no, thank you. Don't tell poor people that. No, that's actually really bad. Yeah, like you're you're fine. Yep, it's okay that you're poor and your life is terrible. Just you know, deal with it. You'll people be fine. People just don't know how good heroin feels. <laughs> if only they knew. I think a lot of them do know. Yeah. So let's talk about the owner. Bob Riquier? 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 Something like that? Bob. Bob. Good old old Bob. They go through this whole thing with the the opening of the documentary, and uh, which is meant to dispel the rumors that there are drug addicts living there and that it's an awful, decrepit place, which they kind of miss on the (laughs) the opening. And then they get to the, the second part where they introduce us to the owner, Bob Riquier. And there's this whole buildup about how, well, now we've seen that it's not as bad of a place as they say. Let's talk about the owner who was accused of making money off the backs of poor people and blah, blah, blah. And then it says, don't believe everything you hear. And they cut to the guy and I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be some really well put together liberal lawyer type who's like, look, we need places like this for poor people. No, just a shady dude in a tracksuit. And I'm like, yeah, he's a criminal. I can tell. (laughs) Don't even say anything. I can tell you're a fucking slumlord. Yeah, yeah. And he is. Absolutely. This place has been in their family for 50 years. And you can tell they haven't even changed the wallpaper since that time. It is like he is the textbook definition of... Of a slumlord. Yeah. And for the whole second half of this documentary, it's all about how shitty the government is treating this obvious slumlord who also owns a pawn shop. Right. Like, what else do you do? You have a check cashing place? Like, how the pawn else? shop is a check cashing place? Uh, yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, no, but like it, it absolutely is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Like, how many ways do you make money off of poverty, sir? Right. All of the ways. Yeah. Literally all of them. And then he's like, well, to fix this place up, it would take a million dollars and we'd have to raise rent. And I don't think the type of clientele that that this hotel caters to would accept that. And then they cut to a sign that someone hung in the bathroom that basically says, please, if you're having sex in the bathroom, dispose of your jizz-filled condoms properly. And it's like, Bob, your place needs to be shut down. Yeah, that's really, like, no place should have that sign. No. Not even a college dorm. No place should have that problem. Right, yeah. Like, Uh, is there not a garbage can at least? There should be. Like, do they just not care that there's a garbage can and they think it's, like, I don't understand. Yeah, so there was was that. And that that was another kind of thing where he's, like, trying to tell us why they can't make any improvements and why the place needs to stay as it is. And then they cut right to something that makes you go, no, you need to fix that. Yeah. Like, you are really shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. No, he should have just shut it down years before then. Yeah. And... Bob also has an assistant, Patrick, Yeah, who gave all of his interviews in front of a drum kit, and I couldn't figure out why until I realized they also own a pawn shop. (laughs) Okay. But why does he have an assistant? Like, he hasn't done anything in like 50 years. Wasn't Patrick's last name also Rickier? No, it was Plaggy. Oh, who was the person who had the same last name as him then? Um, I don't remember. I could have sworn there was somebody. Maybe I just... Filled that into my brain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, I don't know why he had an assistant. The assistant didn't do anything except for sit in front of a drum kit and didn't really offer any good information. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he, he was a confusing addition <laughs> to, to the thing. So they, did you, have you ever been to the hotel? I've walked like, past it. Yeah. Uh, and it's still right You never down. like shot up heroin. No, the- no. I didn't go in. Mom, can you leave the room so we can talk honestly about Jess's heroin use, please? That would be ideal right now. No, I've never been in. I'm sure I know people who have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What does it like? Do you did it seem like a big deal? In, yeah, well, I mean, when they when they were up? closing it down and everything, it was a huge deal. Was there any news <laughs> station that you were or any um, radio station that you were listening to would talk about the Willimantic problem and how they're closing down the hotel hooker? Like it was a huge news story for a long time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and Willimantic in general, like even growing up in Coventry, everybody talked about it. How it was like heroin town, and like you don't. Yeah. Go there. Yeah, I can't imagine it's gotten better. 
Like they would be probably the first town in American history to fix their heroin. Yeah, and they, they really didn't. There's still drugs everywhere. I, I know three people in the past month who died of a heroin overdose. So you can, Jesus. So you can't tell me that it's gotten better. Yeah, I know zero people who've died of a heroin well, overdose. Well, see, I know a lot. I yeah. know a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's definitely not improved. If anything, it's just like filtering out into the surrounding towns and yeah. making everything worse in that area. Yeah. Makes sense. Connecticut's wild. Apparently. I uh, I had a friend from Connecticut. Uh, he was, oh, Crackhead Neil, we called him. <laughs> Guess what he did? C- crack? He smoked crack. Nice. Yeah. Good for Neil. Quite a bit of it. He was he was a character. So yeah, the this this documentary, it, it eventually turns into, well, before we get to the, the receiver debate and the end of it, there's another another subject which we were struggling so hard to come up with what to call people in documentaries last week. Subject. Yes, subject. That's right. Yep. <laughs> we knew that. We we're just seeing what the audience thought. <laughs> See if you're on board. There's an, Bob is finally forced to take on a receiver, which means it's a person who basically runs the business but uh, tells Bob what bills to pay. Yeah. And it's meant to try and get things back in order. They force Bob to hire a security guard named Jason DeShane. And the minute I see Jason, I'm like, how are you not a cop? Right. Because I feel like it's not a great story as to why you're not. Because it looks like he grew up wanting nothing more (laughs) than to than to be a cop or a G.I. Joe. Yep. Like he's got that action figure head. He's got the cop hair. Yeah. But he's... If I need to know, because if he is a cop just working like overtime or picking up a part time job, that happens. Yeah. And that would make sense. Like maybe he's got three kids now and he needs the extra money. Like, okay, sure. But it's probably something darker than that. Yeah. I feel like it's probably more an observe and report kind of thing where someone finally put him in the game and now he's going to take this really sick. Have you seen Observe and Report? No. With Seth Rogen? No. Very good movie. He plays a mall security guard and it is dark. Oh. It's like a taxi driver, kind of. I will definitely watch Because, of watch course, that. you've seen Taxi Driver. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, of course yeah. not. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, they, they introduced Jason. And what I love about his interview is he's basically conducting an interview about how his job isn't necessary. Yeah. <laughs> like, this interviewer's taking him around, and they're showing all the security things. And they're, it's basically just building up to, yeah, I don't think they need me. Like, yeah. Don't do that, Jason. Yeah, not on camera. Like, you just made yourself clearly obsolete. Like, yeah. That's they'll... probably why you're not a cop now. <laughs> just talked your way out of a job. Yeah. And he just acted like it was really no big deal and not even really a problem. He's like, I mean, we have a steel door. Nobody can get in. Nobody's doing things in the hallway. It's fine. Yeah. And that implies that the problem was people getting in. Right. Like, they were just marauders beating down the door of the hotel hooker. It's like, no, it's the people inside that right. are the problem. And like, they need to be protected from each other, not really from the outside world. <laughs> right, yeah. Jason. But yeah, he was he was way into his job. Mm-hmm. He's, he's an interesting character. And it so it goes on kind of back and forth. The, the main thesis of it, which I thought was really interesting, is that people were really upset that the government was stepping in and telling this guy how to run his business, which I get, I get that argument in some cases, but not, not really this one. this one. Not this one at all. And all the people arguing it, it's like, well, have you ever lived there or stayed there or even walked in? Yeah. Like, maybe maybe go do that first. Take a little tour, hang out for a night, and then decide. And what's crazy is the people sticking up for it would make that argument, too. Because they had there was they cut, they showed uh, a scene that was this morning radio show yeah. with one, like, super-duper fringe crazy guy. <laughs> Like at one point they mentioned maybe turning it into a place for uh, like, like ha- at risk boys. Yeah, and the guy goes, "You mean like Michael Jackson?" <laughs> Jesus, dude, no. <laughs> like, breathe. Yeah, we're gonna turn it into a house of pedophilia, government pedophile house. No, that's not that's what they meant, not sir. At all what they that's meant. Not what they meant. And then they mentioned the CBS documentary at one point, and he goes, "They wouldn't even show the Reagan show." What is the Reagan show? It's 2003. Yeah, like, what does that have to do? Like, that doesn't have to do with this. And he drops his, he like throws his pen down when he (laughs) says that. Like, why would you bring up 60 Minutes? It's because it's what this documentary is about, dude. (laughs) We have to bring it up. But their whole point was, should the government be allowed to just go in and tell this guy how to do his job? And yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, in situations like this, absolutely. When it's gotten completely out of control and people are dying and it's really, really bad, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's what your government is supposed to do. Yeah, it's it's a problem if they don't. Protect you from things like that. Yeah. That's why we have regulations and rules that we're quickly stripping away. (laughs) So great. But yeah, they, uh, they make that point, but again, they contradict themselves right away because they're like, well, there's this hotel down the street where this stuff happens. I want to see it happen to that guy, too. And it's like, okay, maybe him next. <laughs> like, have him wait his turn. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> like, if that's your only problem is that he's not first, maybe they can work it out <laughs> and swap the two around. But if that's your only gripe, we can work with that. Yeah, that's fine. We want to we wanna stop the problem altogether. So we'll get there. Yeah. It's just so jaw-dropping how often this documentary just goes back on itself. Yeah. And it's like... Hey, we're wrong about everything. <laughs> That's it's it's maybe the guy making it was making a satire and he thought it was funny. Maybe he found it as funny as I found see, it. See, I feel like he didn't because you can hear him in the background, like it's a terrible interviewer. Like at one point he literally says, uh, and then when 60 minutes showed up, they caused a lot of trouble, huh? What kind of fucking question is that? <laughs> not a good question. It's not and the guy's just like, Yeah, they did. <laughs> good. Thanks for the thanks for the info. So before we wrap this up, let's listen to the pastor's speech. This uh, closes, kind of closes things out, and I, I just uh, I don't know if I've ever heard more incorrect <laughs> directions or instructions in life. The night before court, it just said. We, we really do fail more than we succeed. And the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of a community in Christ is that we don't have to hold any of our sins against us. And I, I tell you, I, I'm That's learning convenient. that. I'm learning <laughs> that in this imperfect community of Willimantic with some of the most imperfect yet most beautiful people I've ever met in my life. I'm learning that as I, I get put out of my comfort zone. But you know something, as I get taken out of my comfort zone for a while, my comfort zone becomes bigger. It's being transformed. It's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Tonight, I just encourage you here we go. If your faults and your failures and your imperfections are the things that have been keeping you from God, I want you to recognize that maybe these are the very things that are taking you should be taking you to God. Huh? I heard about a guy who really loved his lawn, and he started growing dandelions. Well, dandelions started coming up. He got PO'd at the dandelions. He called up the University of Connecticut, and he said, man, I got dandelions here. Teach me what I need to do. And finally, after a week, he got a letter from him, and that letter said, learn to love him. No way that story's true. No. UConn does not have time for that. No. Learn to love the faults. They're busy winning women's basketball championships. Learn to put your worst foot forward instead of your best. We can all, anyone can put their best foot forward. Learn to put your worst foot forward. Learn to put your worst foot forward and know God loves it. I don't think God loves that. Learn to put your worst foot forward and know that God loves it, Jess. So just like I go be a terrible person and mm-hmm. just like bring that out into the world and I'm going to go to heaven. God loves it. I'm in. It's his thing. Perfect. Love seeing a person acting a fool. <laughs> it's what just, a weird sermon. Yeah. That was... Uh, I could see like being like, embrace the things that you've done wrong and try to do better. But in- instead of being like, just be as terrible as possible. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole point of this was basically, will you just let us have a heroin hotel in town? For fuck's sake. <laughs> Big government always stepping in and shutting down the local heroin hotel. Shut it down. Yeah, please. Defin- please just close all of it. All this of documentary them. is wrong. <laughs> so wrong about everything they say. All of it. Especially the part at the end in the closing credits where it said, Dan Rather sucks. Yeah, no, Dan How? Rather's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, that, it's, yeah. It's heroin that sucks. Yeah. Like, this was, uh, like... The whole, just the whole running narrative of this is all 60 minutes fault. It's like, no, it's heroin's fault. Right. It's obviously heroin. Like this was, this was like a 9-11 documentary about how planes are the problem. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, planes are fine. There's a bigger issue that caused 9-11. It was not the planes. Like technically, yes, it was the planes. But planes aren't the problem. Yeah. Like 60 minutes isn't your demon. 60 minutes didn't kill 45 people. Like- <laughs> no. Probably way more, but not in the same year and not from heroin. It's probably just slowly, like people who didn't cooperate, things like that. You know, big corporate murder type stuff. 
another thing this this documentary really reminded me of. Have you ever seen the Cleveland tourism videos? No. Let's listen to one. It because it, it seemed like a 90-minute version of the Cleveland tourism videos. Fun times in Cleveland again. Still Cleveland. Come on down to Cleveland town, everyone. Under construction since 1868. See our river that catches on fire. It's so polluted that all our fish have AIDS. We see the sun almost three times a year. This guy has at least two DUIs. The flaps look like a Scooby-Doo ghost town. Don't slow down in East Cleveland or you'll die. Our economy's based on LeBron James. Buy a house for the price of a VCR. Our main export is crippling depression. We're so retarded that we think this is art. It could be worse though, at least we're not Detroit. Yes, we're, we're not, not Detroit. Detroit. That's basically that documentary, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> except the ninety-minute version, and they don't realize how funny they're being. Also, <laughs> because that Cleveland video they obviously realized was a joke, and this no, they had no idea. Yeah, no, and had... I didn't even talk about the music in this fucking thing. Uh, he kept putting that horror movie yeah. <laughs> ambiance behind everything. It's like stop it. You're not making this, this isn't scary. <laughs> it's a hotel where people do heroin. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a big deal. You get it. <laughs> not in a thriller movie kind of way, though. No, no, not really. So, yeah, that's Heroin Town. I wonder if people watched it before this. They definitely won't after this. Yeah, I don't feel, I feel like this is one. Watch it with booze and a drinking yeah. game. The title of this, doc, this, epi- this show should be in quotes for this episode. <laughs> you should watch this documentary. Yeah, maybe don't. No, you should just hear us talk yeah. about it and skip this one. Yeah. What are we talking about next time, though? Soaked, soaked in Bleach? Soaked in Bleach. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about Kurt Cobain, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. So everyone should watch that. I think it's on Amazon Prime right now. It's on Netflix, too. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. yeah. So this was a lot of fun. Yes, would it you was. Would you recommend this documentary to people? No. <laughs> I give it a negative 3,000. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, unless you just want to laugh. Yeah, and if you're from Willimannic, you should watch it and you should laugh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, lay off the heroin. Yeah, definitely. You're from Willimantic. Just, just stop doing just it. Just advice from me to you. From a big town LA guy <laughs> with all the big town problems, I know heroin makes them worse. <laughs> and I've never done it. I just know if you have problems now, heroin will make them worse. Yes. Yeah. People would mind your hotel a lot less <laughs> if it was not also an opium den operating in the middle of town. <laughs> that, that turns people off. All right, we should get out of here. Do you have anything to plug, Jess? No, not really. Just follow me on the social things, McJess Sandwich. On all of them? Yeah, all of them. Well, nice. except for like Facebook, but yeah. Yeah, don't. But don't add me on Facebook. Yeah, don't. Don't do don't that. Don't be weird. That's for family. Don't do that. Yeah, don't fucking be that way. Uh, you should uh, subscribe to all of our podcasts on Patreon. $5 a month. Get 10 episodes a week. You could be hearing this way earlier because we put these Uh, shows up on the subscription site way before they go public and uh so yeah subscribe there follow us on the socials uh at unpops pretty much everywhere unpops.podcast on instagram and uh i think that's it subscribe on youtube also and give this podcast good ratings and reviews we need those yeah please those help they uh they do good things all right this was fun yeah jess let's get out of here say goodbye bye goodbye everybody we love you